Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo. And Nellie, you and I went to Walkstar Chinese recently for their grand opening. I know everyone's seen my post and the videos and everything. We had an amazing time. But it was kind of like fate intervened, and you ended up meeting some pretty amazing people. I did. I sat at a table with Rosie and Ian, who are opening a comedy club here in Dallas. And it's more like a salon. It's more like every form of comedy you can imagine, plus great food and wine. And I just hit it off with them right away. Um, you guys were at a table across the room, so you didn't get to hang out with them as much. But they, they're going to be so much fun. They are the cutest couple, guys. And they just happen to live in the park cities. It's like I said, like fate intervenes. Like we always meet the most interesting people when we go to these events. And a lot of times they end up being on the show. Exactly. That's who you meet people. Yeah. I'm so excited for the grand opening on September 1st, because like you were saying, is it, they're really hyping up the food. Like it's not going to be your typical comedy club yucky food. Well, and it's the same idea as when you go to a really nice place, uh, like to have a, a dinner and a movie mm-hmm. and it's really good. Like you, it, it makes it so much more enjoyable. It used to be kind of like you could have a hot dog while you watched a movie. <laughs> now you can actually have like a spinach salad and a glass of wine. I I know. It's and that's what they're doing. I know. Yeah, you know? it's like high end. It's comedy elevated for sure. And of all things, their their chef is named Victor Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to go. So, uh, guys, we've got Rosie and Ian Carruth on today from the Dallas Comedy Club. Rosie and Ian, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on. Hey, thanks. It's so great to be here. I mean, Woo-hoo! we all met a walk star. Yeah. That's yeah. our connection. Yeah. Over great food. What yes, way to meet. indeed. Yeah, definitely. What a great place. Like, people always ask me, how do you come up with guests? And usually it's like just meeting at a bar at a restaurant or an event or something. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Just kind of picking them up in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like picking up our guests. By the way, I just interviewed Chef Charlie uh, for CBS and he was great. TV. Nice. That's all I want to say. You know, like he was just hilarious. Did the guy with the noodles. noodles. Yeah, the noodle man. <laughs> the noodle man. The, the sexy the noodle, noodle man. dance man. Oh man, there's only one. Oh, we had oh, to we follow remember. that. Oh man. Awesome. So you guys came to Dallas by way of New York yes. and you started out at the Dallas Comedy House. Tell us the story of how you met and how you got to Dallas. Um, yeah, well, we so we didn't start comedy at Dallas Comedy House, but we did take classes there and perform there. But um, our our history in comedy goes back to when we were both really in college. So yeah, we've actually studied and performed kind of all over the U.S. from California to Arizona to um, to New York, where we actually met. And we met after an improv show. After one of impro- Ian's improv shows, uh, I was hitting on his best friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, my friend Garrett, uh, I was like an improv bum and I did this stuff all the time and we did a bunch of shows together. And uh, Garrett was talking to me and he said, hey, I'm, I met this girl who's in like one of the classes. He was like, she's she kind of scares me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, like, introduce me, right? That sounds like You're like, I like that. Yeah, I like really. a scary yeah. lady. I like a scary girl. Totally. I've been described as a lot of things. Scary usually isn't one of them. No, but, but I, um, I was like up for it, though. Like, yeah. It was great. He was up for the challenge. So, so you so, stole yeah. her. Yeah, I, yeah. The, he introduced us, and we just kind of got along right away. Yeah, basically, I, I saw him at the bar, and I was like, "Hey, Garrett," and he's like, "Ian, come help!" Right? <laughs> and Ian uh, swooped scary in. Girl. Yeah. Scary girl, scary girl, scary girl, exactly. <laughs> and actually, uh, Garrett and Ian are still best friends, and Garrett married us. I so was years just later, about to ask yeah. if Garrett so was still. We're thruple. Yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we should rope yeah. him in for this. Yeah, we, we really should. Yeah, have. we'll zoom him in. We'll invite yeah. Garrett next time. So I gotta yeah. say something. I have to say, I just feel this way. You know, I met you guys, et cetera. And like we talked about comedy, respect for comedians. I I just have to say, I've always found that comedians are the best actors. They are the most aware of everything around them. And they have a sense of irony and comedy that is so important in life. 
Man, like the, seriously, the good ones totally do. It's mm-hmm. really awesome. It really does pay off if you like just notice things around you, and if somebody's kind of smart and has a spin on it, uh, it makes them a great comic. So it does. They're, they're awesome people to talk to. And it? I'm one of the bad ones. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm a better storyteller. Make us look better. But awesome. I was always a terrible stand-up. But I'm I'm a good storyteller. Okay, <laughs> so less of like a feedback, more of a one-way conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yes. one of the main tenets That's of improv is like listening and then uh, receiving that information and adding to. It. And so uh, it's really yes and is what we call it in improv. Yeah. And so that's something that a lot of comedians have when they have that base is that they're actually listening, they're observing, they're taking it all in and they're building off of that. And what that does is it makes you a better human. It makes you more empathetic. It makes you easier to talk to. Um, and yeah, I, I totally find that as well with comedians that like when they're really listening, um, you, you buy in more, like you understand they're observing the same thing that you're observing. Um, and it's very in the moment. And I find that smart people can really do that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. that. Although I, I got to tell you, I dated a lot of famous comedians and not all of them listen so much. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not famously good dates. And I mean, I, I was never a Playboy bunny, so I kind of failed the litmus test for famous. Because you know, you know the stereotype. You know what I'm saying? They all like that for some reason, like all those comedians love, like I, I've been at so many dinners where it's like all the comedians and their Playboy girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, and they well, tend to be about 30 years difference yes. between them two, right? I yeah, am Ian's know. Playboy girlfriend, so thank you for noticing. Obviously. Yeah, Hello. She, she fits the stereotype. Uh, No, it's it's great actually, and more uh, women are in comedy that aren't just like the Playboy bunnies anymore. So we're we're super excited about that. No, 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 no. Let me correct that because I don't want people to think I was saying that. I was saying the girlfriends were not the comedians. Okay, let me get that straight. Like I wasn't saying Sarah Silverman's a Playboy bunny. I was (laughs) I was saying comedians tend to like to date Playboy bunnies. Yes. Okay. Just so you know. Yes. You know what I mean. I mean. Except for you. you no, you I like to date bases. Playboy bunnies, too. You cover- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know. uh, yeah, fun fact about me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So here's a big question that I have about comedy. I feel like the, you know, the current climate has changed so much over the years. Great and question. everyone is extremely sensitive. Things that were extremely funny a few years ago are a huge taboo now, and you can't get away with it. Is it affecting the comedy world? You know, I don't think it's really affecting what we do, to be really honest, because a lot of what we do is like, uh, you know, we're teaching people how they can be funny in themselves. And so it's not necessarily about people being offensive and having to react to it. Like people want to be funny and they want other people to agree with them and like them. So if we uh, give them little bits of comedy tools, like, you know, a little bit of instruction, it's just not even something that's come up really too much, yeah. Honestly. As yeah. far as like standups, it's something that though, we're aware of too. Yeah. yeah. As far as like standups and um, material that was generated previously, I think nothing ages faster than comedy for like content and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can hear an album from five years ago and go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't say that anymore." Yes, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it is just uh, like we said, the smart comedians—they're adaptable. They're listening to the everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so they are tweaking their sets um, and uh, making it more palatable for today. Uh, with improv, I feel like it's it's less of a challenge because we're so in the moment. But with stand-up, there has been some things where I just feel like comedy ages fast, and we have to understand that as humans and move on. Um, mm-hmm. I personally don't want to hold any anybody to anything they said 10 years ago, um, right. just because how people change and how the world has changed. So, and how yeah. rapidly it's it changed. Really so it ages fast because it's at the forefront of social change. Yeah, and, and there's also, there are so many, there's so many different forms of comedy. I mean, of course, there's stand-up comedy. Right. Then you've got improv, mm-hmm. which you're Absolutely. skilled in. And then you've also got like sketch comedy, which is totally different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally different. Like, that's more like being an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more like being, Absolutely. you know, a comedy actor on a sitcom you know it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me but I I will say that I really rely on comedy to get me through life 
Yes. Hey, same. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like this is how we deal with, you know, what life throws at us. Mm-hmm. And from, you know, probably when we were teenagers, this is like the lens through which we see the world. So uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to open a business that showcases this kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, we all need laughter right now. Right. <laughs> like, clearly. Than ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's cathartic. And for me, it's uh, cheaper than therapy <laughs> yes. throwing on a Netflix special, you know, um, mm-hmm. and then participating in it and generating comedy and making people laugh is so fun. And I think now more than ever, everybody's missing that like human interaction of it and like just really getting surprised and delighted by something that somebody says. So mm-hmm. I think now is a great time for comedy, mm-hmm. um, knowing that there are, you know, boundaries from all the, like social things that we have to like move and stay relevant. But at the same time, coming out of a pandemic or being in the pandemic, uh, we still know how important it is to relate to other people and to laugh and be a free spirit and fun again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have some lightness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us more about what you're doing here in Dallas right now. Cool. Uh, We are opening uh, the... I don't know, the headquarters for comedy for tomorrow in Dallas? I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah basically, we want to have a, a clubhouse. We, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to have a place where people can, uh, where they can gather around and, you know, where, where there can be a hub for comedy. Creative people need to meet each other and kind of bump against each other mm-hmm. and, like, you know, get ideas and work together that way. And that's what we want it to be. We want it to be a clearinghouse for all kinds of comedy. Improv, we'll have a school so we can take people through and give them some skills, uh, stand up. Um, sketch. We want all these people to sort of blend together and influence and create new things. And so that's the idea. So it's sort of like a salon de comedy. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. That is what it is. Yeah. This is a very French thing that we're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds so fancy. Yeah. So have you ever had anyone come in that absolutely there was no future in comedy for them? They were really trying to learn how to be funny, but they just weren't? <laughs> wow. Um, you want to take that easy? Why you got to personally attack me like that? Yeah. Uh, no. So, yeah, we definitely uh, do see some of those people. Some people just want to be funny, funny in front of their friends. And that's great. They're never going to get up on stage. They're never going to be a professional doing this. That's fine. Like karaoke. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be a Disney singer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The people who are enthusiastic that you go karaoke with, it doesn't matter if they sing (laughs) well, right? They just love it. They're so so happy. People that are just so Mm -hmm. happy, genuinely like clapping around with friends. I like it's still they're just as valuable as like a really skilled improviser. Um, you know, up to a point because you can hone the natural creativity and like humor that they have, but also you still want them to like be funny. (laughs) Um if you can go do karaoke (laughs) with somebody, they'll be fun to improvise with. Improv, I feel like I put my son in improv in LA early on because he was having some social issues. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what a great exercise in being comfortable in front of people. It's Absolutely. And it's fun. Awesome. You know, it's not like being a therapist or, you know, whatever, you <laughs> yeah. know, but it was great for him. It trains you to where you can talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just listen to their conversation, follow that, if nothing else. It gives you so much more confidence. It's a great thing. I wish I'd done this when I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to it until my 20s. And uh, man, I wish I'd had more time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I think that when when you play a game and you make somebody laugh and you're just playing make-believe, it's like you're a kid again and nobody's judging you and Mm -hmm. everyone's accepting of you. And it really is just like the most wholesome feeling. And you get to be friends with people really fast because you're getting vulnerable with somebody really fast. And you usually don't do that in real life when you first meet someone. Well, and you work as a team. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we all have to do this. And you find out what each other think is funny Mm -hmm. and like what a great way to bond with people, definitely. Yeah. 
Uh, tell me about the art of storytelling. Nellie and I were at a party recently, and we were talking with a group of people and just talking about people that have that talent of really captivating the audience, and people just gather around and hang on every word that they're saying. But that really is a talent to be able to tell a story. Oh, definitely. And people can develop it. I took a great storytelling class with this guy, uh, Adam Wade, who's a storyteller in New York. He's won the moth like a whole bunch of times. He's fantastic. And he talks about great stories having moments. It's not necessarily about a beginning, middle, and end, but like about these vivid moments that Mm -hmm. uh, bring people in and sort of put people in that place and allow them to imagine themselves going through the, uh, you know, the the narrative kind of. And uh, man, it's a great way to see stories because if you talk to somebody about a really meaningful moment in their life and they talk about what the air felt like in that room and you know what they were looking at, the dialogue, absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. It, you you just get pulled into their story. It's a great way to communicate. And uh, when you can take somebody through a storytelling class, you can really highlight that for them and get them to tell a, a story that's important to them and then talk about the moments. Yeah, and I love storytelling because it's not like uh, improv where people think, oh, I have to be like funny on a trigger or anything. It's like right. you have a story. You came from somewhere. You have a family. You grew up in a town. Like there, what is that thing that you say in maybe not an elevator, but, you know, in book club? You know, what is that? What is the uh, the joke in your family? And you can always grow from there. Um, and I think storytelling is just so personal and everyone has a story. That, that's you, If you start it, you can do it. <laughs> people be being real and honest and disclosing stuff about themselves, it's just mesmerizing mm-hmm. when somebody really does that. And in front of people, when they're speaking confidently about their own lives, how can you not go on that journey with them? It's awesome to see. Yeah. yeah. Are we allowed to ask you about a funny story about any of this? I mean, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we have one. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I have one about, about people who might not be, like we just said about karaoke versus being a singer. I yeah, know. yeah. Do you have any? Man, you know, honestly, I don't have funny stories about people failing at it because <laughs> seriously, because the people that I come do. to I'm meaner than you. Oh, that, that's okay. That's okay. The people that come to my classes, everybody leaves with something. You know, yes, even that's if, true. Even they if they're something. not really triumphant as a comedian, they can learn a little bit about like how to tell stories, how to react to other people when they tell stories, just how to talk to people and how to Mm -hmm. be specific in describing stuff. There's something that you can walk away with. So when people leave a class, there's never the moment where it's like, oh, that guy's worse than he was two hours ago. I mean, I feel guilty telling this story. No, no, no. It's okay. I want to hear a story. Don't use my name. I I directed this film and I have a friend who's an actress and she's been an actress for years. And, um, She's not good. She just isn't. <laughs> she isn't. But she works so hard. Yep. And she is such an incredible human being. Mm-hmm. But she's not a very natural actress. I shouldn't say she's not good. She's not a very natural actress. Oh, yeah. So when I had to cast her in something, I cast her as the bad acting teacher. <laughs> and See, it was hilarious. <laughs> it looked like it was a choice on her part. And it, and people were like, that was hilarious. That scene was hilarious. <laughs> she was just doing but it really, straight. She was just like, <laughs> okay, class. You know, very, very awesome. British, you know. Like. Hey, the casting does the work sometimes. If you find the right person for it, yeah, they don't have to do much. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of something specific like that, but I do feel like there is um, there is a place for everybody in comedy. So mm-hmm. even if they're not that natural, it's like there's something you you keep showing up and you understand this. So let's see where we can like plug you in to kind of use that talent, even if it is overacting, <laughs> right? Yes, and yeah. that can work. It can no, work, right. and especially I on stage. Exactly. Um, yeah, definitely. So one of the benefits for Nellie and I when we do these podcasts is we love getting free advice. So I'm going <laughs> to put you awesome. to the task. 
I want you to help me be more funny. <laughs> great. Well, what can you, do? Uh, you came to the right people. Awesome. This is great. Uh, all right. So one of the first things that we talk about in like an improv class is how great it is to say yes and to something. If you bring an idea up, if somebody brings you an idea, the most powerful thing that you can say that will build stuff fastest is yes and. Uh, but there's a a way to sort of see that concretely. And what we do in the class is we take people through this thing. We start with no but and move to yes and. So if I were to say to uh, to my business partner over here, um, <laughs> uh, let's say, uh, hey, I brought you uh, I brought you a nice little cake that I made at home. No, but it's not even my birthday. See, that's not funny. What a bummer. <laughs> Right? Absolutely. It's awful. Yeah, that's the end of the scene, right? Yeah. So all Sounds you really like have argument. to do is yeah. say yes and, and then you add the rest. And all of a sudden you sound like a genius uh, yes. because we're always going to respond yes and, and we're going to build on that. And really um, there's truth in comedy. So you don't have to be too inventive. <laughs> you can say like, yes, and I, I left a hoop earring in my car this morning. And it's funny because we've all been there <laughs> where the seatbelt gets the hoop earring or something. I, right? and, uh, what came to mind for me was yes, and I just, I'm celebrating my vagina enhancement. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, something that's like very typical yeah. like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. These universal day. truths and experiences. Yeah. yeah, that's the most powerful way. But yep. so yeah, Ian, um, make an offer to Martha and Martha is going to say oh, yes and and then you'll just fill in the blank and we'll say something back to you. <laughs> uh, Martha, I brought this book that you were asking about. Yes, and is it How to Have a Better Sex Life? Yes, it absolutely is. And I got the extended edition because I know you wanted some extra help with that. So <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> Say yes, and? Yes, yes, and can you give me more details? <laughs> there we go. So before he dives into more details, because he will, um, but that, it's just, it's yes. really natural. It's a conversation. That's how you have a conversation with somebody. You don't go, no, 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 that's not a hot dog. It's a cell phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't do you that. You say, I love that hot dog. Exactly. You know, you just, you just exactly. Go with it. And I actually yeah. really love what happened there because Martha froze for just a I second. I did, didn't I? And yeah, absolutely. It's okay. But you followed through with it. You said yes, and, and you added another little piece of information. And that's how we do it. I like it. And That's you, so easy, and it's such a great tip. Totally. And, and if you do it a hundred times, it won't even. It'll spook come you more anymore. natural. Yeah. Martha yeah. kind of reminds me of the guy. You know the guy in Progressive commercials who's like he's dealing with <laughs> Jamie, all the old maybe? people, and he's like, no, no, that's not how it is. Like that to me, that's Martha's humor. Is like, no, nobody wants to know your name at the restaurant. <laughs> you know? Hey, it's great to have a straight man, you yes. know, or like a yeah, yeah. structure yeah. person, yes. as they call it. Yeah. I see that with Sean all the time. Like Sean's like, and Martha's like, whatever. <laughs> yes, know, yes, and what's energies. your point? Yeah. <laughs> no, Martha's like, no, but. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm great to see it. those two energies playing off of each yes. other. You yeah. know, that's, that's common too. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And then, Nelly, we also do exercises where it's like a listening exercise. So mm -hmm. um, I know that you're funny, and I know that I'm funny. And so what we do is uh, we'll say something, and then the other person will repeat it. And then respond to it. Mm -hmm. And it just builds something because it's all about listening. And it's actually taking that information, giving yourself a second, and responding to somebody. Mm -hmm. So when you're not listening, uh, there's two sometimes uh, competing ideas. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to say, like, that watch is gorgeous. And you go, that watch is gorgeous. It gives you a second. You're like, well, do you want to buy it from me? Because yeah. I could use $100 <laughs> better than this watch. Something like that. But what you are is you're receiving it and you're taking the moment to um, to say it back. So, uh, Ian, do you want to do this with Nelly? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a lovely watch that you're wearing, Nelly. It's a lovely watch. It was a gift. 
Wonderful, a gift, man. Eh, Ian was supposed to say a gift. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fantastic. It's like Meisner. It's oh, like Meisner tickets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, I love going, eh, um. <laughs> yep. uh. Um, but yeah. Gotta have um, a comedy judge. Exactly, yep. exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but then building stuff together is really the best way and my biggest piece of advice of how to be a funnier person. It'll make you more charming, it'll make you easier to talk to, but always, you know, repeat the same thing or say yes and just take in that information, add your spin on, on it. I kind of love this because it's almost like an etiquette class. <laughs> it sort of I mean, is. Like, honestly, yeah. it almost is. It's almost teaching you these social skills, just like I said about my kid. Yes. Like, you know, he was getting different services, and I was like, I'm sending him to improv. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's going to be so much more productive, and it was. Like, it's it's kind of true. It kind of makes you jump out of your mind. Yes. Like, you're not It gives not you another perspective to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Even. Yeah. It's, you're just responding. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we give you just the tools to try to make high percentage choices, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, by agreeing instead of arguing, because nobody wants to see an argument on stage. Right. <laughs> and, and in classes, we just go through these exercises so a whole lot, and you do this stuff a thousand times, and you just kind of wear these pathways into your brain where you start getting used to saying yes to people and agreeing with them and matching their energy, and you can kind of build some awesome stuff right away. Yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say it's almost like therapy. Is definitely you know definitely it's better. way better because it's because <laughs> you get you get attention from a ton of people yeah. like what's better than that I yeah. cry way less in improv than I do in therapy <laughs> 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 yeah but I do get that light feeling afterwards yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. it's true so you two make this look so easy has it always come easy to you or was there ever a time where it was kind of awkward it's always been easy for me uh, but. but- <laughs> He would say that. Um, I've uh, it's it's always been something I wanted to do. I don't know if I was naturally good at everything right up top. Um, I definitely tried stand up for a little bit, and my very first open mic I did in New York, and I, I opened with my bit about driving. Which was just silent in New York, and everyone's like, "We don't drive." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "You guys like driving? Everybody like driving here? Nothing, oh, <laughs> nothing in Thus the audience." Thus begins her six minutes of driving jokes. Oh man! Oh, no. And I was like, "You guys aren't gonna understand this next one." <laughs> but uh, you build tough skin, and you mm-hmm. learn to know your own voice. And I'll always remember also to play to the room <laughs> that I'm in, right? Yeah. So less driving bits um, yeah. in New York. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That stuff's for here, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In New York, yeah. do the pizza rat bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would look, it would work wonderful here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. It did. And so I really thought it would be, uh, yeah. You brought it back. You brought it back. I brought it back here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so have you ever just like, you've read the room, it wasn't working, and you pivoted real quickly and just were able to regain the audience? Yeah, yeah. Usually you make fun of yourself a little bit. <laughs> like, uh, this mic is on, right? <laughs> like, you're to say, like, you heckle somebody. You're like, yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so I don't heckle the crowd, but yeah. if the crowd yeah. heckles me, then we'll banter a little yes. bit. Um, but every once in a while, I'll be like, you know, uh, you've probably had a job before. What, what was your first job? And if somebody doesn't respond, I'm like, I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me, and you're making this awkward for everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, and then usually they'll be like, pizza man. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Whatever everybody in the room notices, it's good to bring it up. Like, if everybody in the room's noticed that you're bombing, you can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll agree. You it's know? kind of like yeah. when you say to people, when you have a giant pimple on your face, like I always do, I'm always like, oh my gosh, please yes. don't look at the giant pimple on my face. And my husband's like, why do you point it out to people? I'm like, because I know they're looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It disarms them. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm like, address I'm like, it. I just had tacos. So if I smell like tacos, and I'm like, don't say that when you enter a room. Like, I'm eating tacos all the time. But yeah, and like an improv show, like, you know, if you happen to mention that really loud air conditioner at the back of the room that I have to talk over, everybody hears that too. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. so it like brings the room together. It's like, it's really fun to do. Yeah, or you say my, my pimple's so big it could do a monologue. There we go. And then it takes the attention off yeah. the pimple. Yeah. We, can, we can have the pimple monologues. So we can put those up if you want. Yeah. Did you just pitch a show? That's yeah, awesome. I, think so. yeah. I actually used to have a group text of my very closest friends that I would send pictures because I used to get some monumental ones. I mean, giant ones. Just take me off that, that list. Right. Yeah. There's support groups, I'm sure now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. And on that note, I hear that you guys have a big opening coming up, and Nellie and I cannot wait to come check it out. Yes. I'm so excited. September 1st our, oh, uh, is the first up. day that we'll be open. Okay. And then we have our grand opening celebration through that Labor Day weekend. So we're going to have a bunch of shows, and we'll have stuff on our patio. We'll have karaoke. Uh, we'll have DJs. Yeah. We'll have um, out-of-town work- workshops from people from New York and L.A. Um, and then we'll have our in-town headliners, uh, Raj and Paul. So we're super-duper excited about Raj that. Raj Sharma and Paul Vergay. This sounds yeah. like so much fun. Honestly, I'm, when I said a salon, like it really is like that. It's almost like just bringing all these creative people together. It sounds so amazing. That's the and thing. we also have really good food and drinks. And right now we're doing the food Important. menu photo shoot. Oh my Ooh. gosh. It smells so good in there. Uh, Victor Hugo is our consulting chef and he's Ooh. amazing. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that out there that don't leave without getting this hummus. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Victor Hugo dead? I just want to say. Okay, no. Different guy. He's I an Googled. amazing writer. So, you know, he can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> a g- g- ghost? is doing our menu. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. Really, you have to have the food. And we're going to have brunch as well. So uh, we have a great big patio space. It's going to be awesome. Even if you hate comedy, you should come out and check it out because we've got a bunch of other stuff. And we'll change your mind about hating comedy for sure. (laughs) You guys have been such fun guests. Thank Uh, you so much. I really um, appreciate being here. So tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, At the corner of Elm and Hall in Deep Elm in in Dallas, Texas at 3036 Elm Street. Yep, and online at dallas-comedyclub.com. Yep. <laughs> what about Instagram? Ooh, at Dallas Comedy Club. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank yeah. you both for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so guys. much for having us. Yeah, I hope you'll come and see some shows and, and do some shows as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. The Pimple Monologues coming to you. <laughs> yeah, we got a live podcast uh, yeah, happening. Great. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We'll, we'll be back awesome. if you'll yeah, have us. You. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's been another episode of the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo, and we'll catch you next time. 